The American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. I'm Paul Edwards and Mike Duke. It's good to hear your voice. We don't hear enough of you, you say. Uh, I am very pleased to be uh, here this evening, and all of the usual suspects are, are with us this evening. Mr. Rick Morin is, uh, is uh, hanging about as our producer-in-chief. How are you, Mr. Rick? I'm doing well, Paul. How about you? I am doing fine, thank you. And, uh, of course, his, his assistant with all the hats on is Marianne Alexander. Marianne, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How about now, you, do you? Do you like Alexander or do I you do. like the other? Yeah. I do. I do. It's just such so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we have um, our, our streamer-in-chief. Mr. Larry Gassman, way out there in California. How are you, sir? I am well, and Marianne Alexander is a great show business type name. She is also it one is. of the usual suspects, it, but we're all suspects. It is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We are. That's pretty amazing. Yep. And of course, I have my co-host, Mr. Brian Charlson. Hey, Brian. Hey there. I'm sitting here anticipating the first big snowstorm in New England to start. Thursday night late, last all day Friday. So I'm excited. Only, you know, like a half a foot of snow or something. I'm excited yeah. for you. This is this is really exciting. Gives oh. a whole whole new meaning to a snow job. Yeah, thank you so. Much. <laughs> so remember the snowman on ACV Radio. I do remember days? the snowman on ACV Radio. He was he was great. He was great. Anyway, sorry. He was great. To... He was great fun. He was, and, and he's still around too. I see. Oh, yeah. I see. Um, I see um, emails from him occasionally. Yep. And I guess he's still broadcasting some places. So uh, probably Mushroom FM or something. I think he is. Um. Anyway, um, when I sent out the the message for this week, I, it, it occurred to me that that this might be. A topic we could do for two weeks, but uh, we we don't have huge numbers of people who are tuning in. But it it seemed to me um, when when I put it together that there are so many things we can say about this year. Um, we were talking a little bit just before the show came on, actually after we opened it up. So some of you guys might have heard us, and and we were saying that personally it was a very up and down year for a lot of us, um, but. It seems to me that there is some there is some good to be had from spending a little bit of time looking at what the year that almost isn't anymore, and uh, looking at at some of the good things and the bad things in the field of blindness, um, in 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 terms of ACB, in terms of new devices, 
uh, in in terms of ourselves, in terms of the country. Um, it, it seems to me that this year has been pretty significant uh, politically. It certainly bucked some of the trends that everybody had expected to operate. Um, so, uh, I think there are, I think there are a lot of things for us to discuss, and. Um, and I guess where it might be fun to start is um, if if you had to pick out a highlight for this year, Brian, what would it be for you? Mm. Hard question. It would be that that I will be entering 2003, 2003. 60 pounds lighter, entering, two, I said 2003, 2023. Uh, 60 pounds lighter than I entered 2022. <clears throat> that's pretty so, amazing. Congratulations. Probably that's, that's the high point at this point. Yeah. Well, you're, so you're not allowed to eat a lot of Christmas dinner. Oh, well, you know, it's a, it's a matter of quantity <laughs> and uh, frequency. I eat a lot more. Uh, I eat a lot less carbs, so that's that's one thing. The other thing I did was I quit drinking soft drinks altogether. So those two things in combination are doing the trick for me anyway. Oh, that's excellent. And um, Mr. Rick, the highlight for 2022 for you? Well, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there was Ian, the hurricane, right? Yes, uh -huh. but, but there was also uh, the convention, which which was kind of cool, right? You know, the first, and and uh, you were down in Florida for Ian too. I was down <coughs> in Florida for Ian. Yep, yeah, I was right in the teeth of it, and mm -hmm. uh, and of course we had our our convention this year in Omaha. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of fun to be with people again. Yeah, that uh, first hybrid convention for a while for ACB. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, Mr. Larry, how about what's the highlight for you of 2022? I don't know why that's such a tough question, but it is. Um, constantly uh, getting to see my family even more now because even though COVID may not be totally gone, at least the pandemic is starting to let up a little. So I get to see my family and my new great nephews and nieces and um, I get to play with them and wear them out and send them home. I enjoy that a lot. Nice. I enjoyed the convention a great deal. That was number one for me. And next year, it'll be number two uh, for mm -hmm. me. And enjoyed that thoroughly and seeing people uh, that I'd not met and seeing other people that I'd known for years but hadn't seen in a long time. So a lot of good stuff in 2022. And, and not, mm -hmm. some not so good, which we'll eventually get to. We will. Miss Varian. I, this is going to sound so lame, maybe, but um, for me, it's having started hosting for community, but um, more importantly, getting to be part of this team um, for Tuesday's topics. It's been really fun. And, um, you know, so getting to know all of you well, and it's been wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we certainly enjoy it. So I, I don't. I don't know what the highlights are for me. Um, certainly moving into a new house and, and changing my whole lifestyle that is not living on my own anymore has certainly been uh, 
um, kind of an amazing thing. I think um, I I think being pretty certain that I'm back to uh, pretty good health again um, has been a good thing. Being able to travel around has certainly has certainly meant a fair amount to me as well. I um, uh, went to the convention and went to uh, the board meeting in Chicago as well, and also um, ended up um, being invited to Kentucky um, for for their convention, and that was fun, except getting there. Um, but it, you know, so I think being able to travel more, being able to see more people in person, uh, this year, uh, was certainly a highlight. Uh, obviously there were, um, there were down things, selling a house and getting rid of stuff that was at the, at, at the heart of, um, who I was since, uh, 1995 in Miami and making the change, um, to to the new house up here was a was a huge change on the other side and i think we've all had had some sad things um with regard to that so yeah it's been interesting um so highlights for the country is is there a particular thing in the country or the world that that each of us can point to with regard to 2022 that we ought to be thinking about? Brian? Well, I've got two things on that list that stand out for me. One is the bill that was signed today by President Biden, the, uh, what do they call it? The uh, Protection of Marriage Act? Mm -hmm. Yes, the Protection of Marriage Act, which is one of those things awesome. that's had a long time coming, but we, we made it. And I'm really, really excited about that. Those who are new to blindness may not realize that it used to be very heavily discouraged that a blind person would marry another blind person. Extreme links went to avoid that. Um, at the Perkins School for the Blind, there was the girl side and the boy side. Never the twain shall meet. Um, and, you know, yeah, I just, I couldn't imagine such a world. It's one thing if you choose to go to an, you know, an all boy or all girl school for one reason or another, but for the world to force you into doing that, that, that really appalling to me. So I'm delighted that that law passed. Um, I'm also delighted that um, we were able to introduce the new law by my Senator Ed Markey and uh, I can't remember the congressman's name um, that deal with truly making access to this whole online experience to really bolster that, not just in terms of audio description, but in terms of web accessibility and telecommunications, all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited that we actually got a bill introduced. It won't pass this year, of course, because it's too close to the end of the session, but it's set well to be introduced in the new session. And I think it's got real possibilities. So those are my, my two. 
Mr. Larry, any thoughts? Yeah, from it's interesting because I I wasn't sure where I wanted to go with this, but and it's this is something that's happened over the course of the last several years. But I thought this country has for the longest time not thought of inclusion but to by all as something that was that necessary or net or, or just wasn't thought of at all and especially this year we're seeing so many different uh processes where inclusion especially from a blindness perspective is now on the table and people are thinking of it and saying yes this is a good idea before if it didn't concern them or they just didn't care about it it didn't matter but now there instead of being thought of as someone who could just be pushed aside the, the the inclusion is beginning to start to take a pick up some speed and we're seeing it in a lot of different things that we do on an everyday basis so i think that's really really exciting um Cool. And the bills that Brian talked about, I had not heard about the protection of marriage today yet. I didn't see it because I was not watching the news today. So that yeah, that is that's exciting. Uh, Mr. Rick, I think the thing that um, somehow it 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 um, I don't know if touch me is is the right word or not, but uh, this whole war in Ukraine thing has really, uh, um, you know, really been something that I've been paying a lot of attention to and caused me to do a lot of, a lot of soul searching about where things are headed in this world. And, yep. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I had had a bad experience. I mean, um, and I think I had mentioned at some point in the past that I had worked in Russia for some period of time, and it was mm-hmm. the worst 90 days of my life um, in retrospect. But, um, you know, to see the Ukrainian spirit, you know, through all of this um, uh, it has been remarkable. Um, so, anyways. Do you think our country is doing what it should be doing uh, as an ally? Um, well, I, you know that that that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, there's a lot of things our country has to keep in balance, not the least of which is going to war with Russia. Um, and um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I. There's been some some stuff talked about this week, which is, you know, just from a pure economic sense, you know, the fact that um, uh, in order to keep the world economy straight, uh, Russian oil still needs to flow. And so the way they're trying to deal with that is by setting a price cap on a barrel of Russian oil. But, you know, nonetheless, there's still this huge dependency on on Russian oil and that and that type of stuff, and uh, be nice if they set a price cap on the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the uh, whatever the um, uh, those um, missiles are, whatever they've been asking for uh, that we haven't right. given them up to up to now. Uh, we agreed this week that we're going to send some to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, 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 you know, 
it, it's scary in that you, you just don't see any end in sight. So, Miss Marianne, like the country and the world, okay. any thoughts? Well, two things. Um, I agree with Rick. The um, determination and the devotion to country and their um, of the Ukraines is just has been moving to me. And the other thing is, and I'll go out on a limb here, that um, I think the 2020, the 2022 midterm, you know, the general elections proved to me that more people are interested in democracy than not. And I was really, I think I was really scared about our democracy, but I think I feel um, more settled since the elections. And I think that um, we really um, voted in democracy during the last election. I was very heartened by that. So, I'm. I guess I'm not as quite as sanguine as, as everybody else is. I, I am really bothered by uh, the Supreme Court decision with regard to abortion. It's been terrible. Uh, uh, I I think that uh, it 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 is part of the the, the teeter totter that we ride in this country, where on on one side we 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 point towards the arc of progress, and on the other side, we we point so far backwards, um, away from uh, away from inclusion and recognizing the needs of others. <clears throat> it seems to me that this year, um, that that this year the the Supreme Court, uh, a couple of Supreme Court decisions have just have just seemed to me to send us backwards. And the fact is. That we probably worked so hard to get this law passed today, because folks were afraid that if we didn't pass a law that was explicit and categorical, we'd leave room for the Supreme Court to make a decision that would end up overriding the laws we had. Well, they were. There was definite um, movement in that direction, so they did right. the right thing for sure. Right. So, but it, it, but it's scary to me, and and I guess the the other thing we, that we really haven't talked about yet is the degree to which um, we are we are in a place in this country where our unemployment is as low as it's ever been, but inflation is at a place where even if you're working as hard as you've ever worked before, the fact is that your 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 money is buying you less than it has in the last 20 years. And in, in effect, what, what this says to me is that somehow, um, at some point, we're going to have to do a better job uh, of, of reorienting our country in a way that, that recognizes that um, we, are, we are continuing to broaden and deepen inequality in our country to the place where it's becoming more and more difficult for a larger and larger proportion of our population to survive day to day, no matter how hard they work. And, and that's scary for me. So, yeah. So I thought we were doing the first round with all supposed to be, what do you see positive? Oh, no, I, I didn't say positive. At least I don't think so. Did I say positive? Yeah, I, you I did. I don't think so. You did. You sure did. 
How rude is that of me then? Well, we know that you'll you'll give us a chance to go the other way. We just know that. Of course I will. Yeah. Can, can consider you having a chance. Larry, go. <laughs> One of the thing that, things I don't like, especially not only about this country, but the world in general, and it's happened over the last several years, is is we no longer have the ability to disagree with each other when we disagree with either politics or anything else. It's either I'm right and you're wrong and there's nothing in between. And and that is so dangerous uh, as far as I'm concerned. I, I I have had lots of disagreements with people politically and, and even about religion and a lot of other stuff. But at the end, we always, you know, shake hands and say, that's okay, right? You know, we'll disagree. Not a big deal. And we go on with life. Now it seems we can't do that anymore with a lot of people. Not with everyone, because it's not everyone. You don't see everybody doing this, but there are a lot of people. If I have a problem and we get into a yelling match or whatever, I never hear or see from them again. And that's just so sad. And it certainly isn't what... I don't agree agree with anything you just said, Larry. (laughs) The hell with you. (laughs) (laughs) We we have to laugh, by the way, in case some people are saying, oh my God, they're in a fight. So Uh, so I'm sorry, Rick. You'll you'll just have to hang up. (laughs) And Rick, I wish you would just shut up and drop off the call. That's right. That's right. right. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what are concerning things for you? I guess the, one thing that concerns me is uh, nationalism worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more of the us and them mentality rather than the we mentality meaning all of us uh, that spirit is not just changed here in the us of a that spirit has changed in oh more than half of the world's uh countries so that that's number one uh number two concern is the turning away from believing uh, science in general uh, everybody has a right to an opinion but everybody's opinion isn't correct one person's opinion might be the world is flat and another person's opinion is that it's a sphere and while I respect people to have their own opinion I just can't fathom the whole concept of turning your back on all the science behind these things. On the way home here today from grocery shopping, I was listening to um, a podcast put out by NASA about the Webb telescope and the major changes it has made in science in the past two months. Uh, A belief in the Big Bang Theory, for example, is totally debunked. It was a theory, and it made sense if you heard it spoken of, but science is not exact. But it's still the best information we have to base an opinion on. And too many people are willing to set aside, set aside the facts that they disagree with. And that I find very, very disturbing. 
the 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 word counterfacts is an amazing word that's come into our vocabulary over the last couple of years. So I hear you, Brian. Um, let's see, Miss Marianne, what are the what are the the sort of unfortunate things that you saw? Because I, cause, but I think you sort of recognized. I I think you behaved as though I didn't say um, uh, positive. So, but anyway, go ahead. What, well, what, I what do you have, think? Oh, okay, so the Supreme Court has been very scary to me. I have to yes. agree with you there. Um, I I have to say, for me, the thing I'm most um, sad about is the hatred. There's so much mm. bigotry and anti-Semitism, and um, and and I'm sure it's around the world too. But I live here in the United States of America, and I've never seen it. So uh, I've never seen this before, and um, it makes me very sad. Um, those are the two things that, that I guess for me. So um, I guess I haven't talked about any positive things. So let me do a, just a smidge of that. I, I think there are there are two really positive things um, that I'm excited about. One one is again something that's, that's just come out over the last two days, and and it appears to be uh, uh, one of Brian's facts, and that is that. Some researchers in this country have just had some results with regard to nuclear fusion um, that where they have actually conducted an experiment where they have been able to actually get more energy out of a nuclear fusion reaction than they have put in, which means that we are, for the first time ever, um, I think looking at a place where in the next decade or two um, fusion drives may become real, which, which would make an immense difference um, to our world, I think. So, so um, we're probably going to change topics in a minute and talk, talk more about um, kind of blindness related stuff. Um, so, does anybody want to talk about um, about <clears throat> the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of this year for the country or the world in 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 an area that we've missed so far? And then we might see Marianne if anybody wants to raise their hands and and put elements on the table for us too. You do. Okay, so I'm going to jump in here, and I'm going to say global warming. Mm. Uh, we've heard a great deal about it over the course of this year. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear even more about it uh, this upcoming year. But um, people needing to know that when we ask, when we are presented with those kinds of issues, you cannot uh, possibly um, get there without tightening your belt mm. and being willing to experience something less than what you're currently experiencing. I think one of the good things about uh, where we are post-pandemic, if you can say it's post-pandemic, I'm don't think it's quite accurate but anyway uh is this whole if, if you ha make ten thousand dollars more this year than last 
what would you change about your life if you had that much more money? And to think of that in the reverse. I, uh, generally speaking, I'm financially better off now than I was in, uh, at the beginning of the year because I'm spending less. And I'm, it, it's partly uh, an intentional thing, but it's more of a, oh my God, I'm spending so much less and, and the like, and yet I'm still enjoying life. Or are, are you spending a great deal less? Yeah. So, are you spending less because of the pandemic, or because of, or, or because of global warming, or 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 both? Well, or well, the, the answer is I am spending. I started spending less because of of being COVID. homebound, right? Right. Right. COVID. Uh, but I'm continuing to spend less because I learned I really didn't need all of that that I was previously doing. Uh, I'm more conscious of my spending, not in a, you know, a, a, a penny pinching kind of way. I just am more cognizant of when I'm choosing to spend this dollar on this versus that. And I, so, and I'm willing, I'm willing to cut back on things if it meant less energy to support myself less electricity less gas less driving let you know all of those things that collectively create global warming so boston are you here, we just had to change a number of things because a lot of boston is close to sea level and we have two or three um, sub or what's it called? mbta uh, subway stations that in the next three years will be underwater so uh, do you regard this year as a positive year for global warming or, or or a negative one i think positive when it comes to hearing more and more about it again believing in science taking a look where we've got more and more statistics to say it's not if it's happening it's how rapidly it's happening and what the causes are of it, uh, which I think is, is primarily hyper-consumerism that drives these things. But I also have to say that I'm becoming more and more concerned about the disparity in incomes, you know, the whole 1% right. business, that there's an awful lot of truth in that movement, that too few people own things. Uh, you know, Bill Gates has bought an incredible amount of property. Uh, he buys farms whenever they're up for sale that adjoin his existing holdings. And it's getting larger and larger. But I'm also aware that how much of our, our politics we were discussing earlier is lobbying by the very few. They've got the bucks to pound the pavement on Capitol Hill, to hire the consultants, to fund reports that support their opinions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I have to say number one for me is global warming. I thought it wouldn't be an issue, 
before they put me to my final rest, but I'm less convinced of that now. That's, I would say, my number number one concern. Very good. All right. Um, anybody want to add anything before I ask Marianne to check and see if we have folks who'd like to put some stuff on the list? Miss Marianne. We do not have any hands currently. Oh, good. All right. We can continue talking. <coughs> so, Or pontificating. When I do or, it, go ahead. Well, but but I, I think we oh, all we tend just got to a do hand, that. Paul. Oh, oh, a hand. Uh, Deanna, Deanna. Hey, Deanna. Deanna Noriega. Hi. Hi. So how are uh, things in Big Mo? Wet and soggy. We've had thunderstorms and rain all day. <laughs> there you go. So it's not snowing here, but it's dumping water and rumbling and making mm. threats. But um, no tornado-type activity. So at least my... my House sitting on a on a flat foundation isn't going to end up in Kansas. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah, since I don't have a basement for tornado, you know, shelter. The best I can manage is is maybe my my laundry room between the garage and the house. <laughs> that that makes perfect sense to me. That's the, that's the good kind of a room to have. Um, so, I'm I'm in the same sort of house as you are, so yeah, slab um, house. Yeah, you know, but the but the walls in on this house are hugely thick. So, well, that's good. It meets good insulation, so you it does can fight the heat without running up your electricity bills as much. Right, but it but it but it but it also means that the probability is that tornadoes are going to find it hard to get in. So yeah, which well, is a good thing. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Now the hurricane was it's, fine. Well, I've got a um, a uh, ninth great grandchild, and I got nice. to see him over Thanksgiving. He's a wonderful little baby, four months old, and so full of joy and energy. When he finally nice. gets mobile, they're not going to be able to tie him down because <laughs> I've held him for about an hour and he sat on my lap and his little arms were waving his little feet were kicking he was gurgling he was his head was churning watching everything and he just thought everything in the world was delightful and i never heard him cry once during Mm -hmm. the whole afternoon i spent there he was just full of joy and that made it kind of um good i lost a much-loved German Shepherd in April, but I got a yellow yo-yo on a leash (laughs) to replace him, and um, I call him my sunshine because he makes me laugh every day, at least once. He may not be the best guide dog in the world, but he's a lot of fun. Um, Nice. Like my great-grandson, he's full of joy about everything. It's all remarkable and wonderful. Um, he does harebrained things that are just too funny to get too upset at him. Um, mm-hmm. Walking down the sidewalk, he pulls over on the grass. I think he's got it empty. So I take off his harness and he jumps into a pile of leaves, rolls on his back and is snorting and kicking his feet and just having a great time rolling around <laughs> in the leaves. <laughs> so that's why he's my yellow yo-yo. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
Um, so I take my joys in small things, and I try not to worry about the things that I can't do anything about. And I continue to try to do the little I can to make a difference. You know, um, donating to causes I believe mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, doing just like this week, I'm working on my Christmas packages for the homeless I do every year. Nice. Buying socks and gloves and, mm-hmm. um, you know, candy and, and toothpaste and toothbrushes and you know, whatever I can think of that might be useful to someone who's out there without a roof over their head or a guarantee of food on the table because those things I have right now. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't do any good to worry about whether I will tomorrow. I can't change the dynamics of the world. All I can do is try to make my little part of it as pleasant as I can for the people around me, make people, make people laugh, make people smile, give hugs, um, tell people that I love them. And that's all I can do, really. Um, you know, um, yep. it's not fun getting old. It's not fun having limitations on what I can get done in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, aging is, is not for sissies, definitely. I think that's right. <laughs> so that, that's a good title is, for your next book. <laughs> it's all I can do is um, make where I am as pleasant as I can for everybody I encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can make you know someone's day by treating them with respect and dignity, thanking them for the things they're doing, um, you know that's not nothing. You know, it, it is not. So, so overall, a good year, bad year. Oh, it's been like a roller coaster with ups yeah. and downs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just been it. I think that I am very proud of ACB for how much help they've given for the people that were isolated and um, yes. that felt vulnerable. Um felt alone like nobody cared and um we're standing strong together and that's a good thing because god knows the world doesn't really um value us so much of the time but if we value each other and stand together and help where we can that's a good thing i think it is miss deanna thank you so much for your call Uh uh-huh you have Excellent. a good evening. We look too. forward to your you calls each week. So. We do. <laughs> we so keep them coming. The regular. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't had a Charleston hug in several years. I'm going to try to yeah. make it to sh- Chicago. I didn't quite make oh. it to uh, Omaha because I was getting t- training with the Yellow Yo Yo. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that. All righty. Thank you. Albert has his hand raised. Mr. Anderson, perhaps, speaking of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'll keep it. Can you all hear me? We can, yes. sir. Very good. I'll keep this brief. I made a few new friends. I learned a few new things. I got to have a conversation with my second cousin who reached the age of 102 during 2022. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of delicious food. 
I didn't get lost in the city too many times. And last of all, I did not come down with COVID-19. Well, you did. You've had a pretty good year, Albert. I would say so on the whole. Yeah, that is excellent. Now, Albert, when we come to Chicago, are you going to point me in the right direction for the best Chicago dog? Oh, we would have our homework done by that time. And, uh, <laughs> out in uh, out in Schaumburg, uh, going to take a a little uh, special effort to get there, but we all will get there. Many of us will get there. Good. Good. Uh, we're looking, looking forward, forward to, to seeing it. lots of you I'm guys. I'm hoping for saving up your nickels and dimes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring everybody you can. Yep. You Thank you, it. Albert. All right. And that is true, though. You know, my family of four here, none of us have gotten COVID. And it's interesting that you measure success by things you've avoided. Uh, it, it's 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 interesting huh. that you haven't, but you guys you guys have been incredibly careful, though I think. Well, you know, I was I wore a mask today in the grocery store and right uh, uh, mm. at the vacuum cleaner repair shop. So yeah, we might be uh, the only ones doing it. I don't know, but uh, I feel like you know, I'm helping others stay safe as much yeah. as myself. This is an awful thing to say, but uh, I, I, I think it was a huge relief for me to get COVID because I was scared to death of it, and and in fact, the COVID that I got was was pretty minimal, um, and um, I I don't think it I don't think that meant that I was going to be any less careful. I mean, I still wear wear masks on things like planes whenever I travel, just because I think it makes sense to do that. Um, and, and, and I'll certainly wear masks when, when, uh, when there seems to be, uh, a rising outbreak rate, like there is now here in Jacksonville and in Florida in general, with the kind of the triple whammy where you've got three different diseases that are now featuring as, as, uh, as being popular in our, in our glorious little culture, I, but the, Yep, go ahead. I, I agree with you because I had COVID when I got COVID after the convention mm -hmm. and it was minimal. It was, yes. I thought it was a cold, you know, it wasn't, but, mm -hmm. but it wasn't by no means at all anything compared to whatever it was I got. And I think it was COVID. This is even before we knew the word in December or January of 2020, I guess it was. Isn't that, isn't that when COVID started in March of 2020? Uh, it was March of 2020. Okay. Yeah. So December, January, I was so sick and hurt so much and had some issues with breathing. My younger brother, the same thing. And I said, I've never experienced anything like this. And mm -hmm. it was all the symptoms. And my doctor said, no, you, you didn't have COVID. Well, I think I did. But it was nothing uh, this last July in comparison to what was right. done then. Uh, so I'm glad whereas, I had what I had. Whereas John's John's was no fun. Well, now they're saying that it wasn't COVID. Now they're saying... Oh, really? Now they think maybe it was a problem with his gallbladder. So doctors don't know. Well, they really don't that. know. Now some of them are saying, no, it wasn't COVID. So I don't know what to think. You know, who knows? So now, yeah. he's, now he's having stuff done to look to see if it's, if, if it's a gallbladder problem. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really weird. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. So let's look at another issue. Um, and we're going to start with Brian with this one. 
Brian, uh, any any exciting new devices this year that we ought to keep our eye on or any new trends in terms of blindness technology that we should be aware of? Hmm. I Well, there's a couple of things. Again, I mentioned that my router went kafui last <laughs> night, mm-hmm. and it caused me to stop and have to reassess all of the smart tech in my home. I have... Uh, let me think. Four dots of different generations, mm-hmm. two echoes of different generations, two echo shows, um, three flexes, which is kind of a wall plug uh, echo, um, and a echo studio. That's just in that one area the whole, if you will, Amazon footprint, as well as a smart television and the like. So where's this going, going forward? Thank you. Thank you. I didn't ask you. Uh, (laughs) But but one Uh of the things I was looking forward to was having the devices around me learn my habits and anticipate things rather than Hmm. me having to give a constant barrage of verbal commands or keyboard commands to do things. Um, I just put a new Echo B thermostat in my home uh, with a, so that it would be fully accessible to me. And I have to say, uh, so far, uh, it gets too hot and too cold and doesn't seem to settle down yet. So we're still working on that. I think the fun thing we're going to see going forward and some of this is going to happen this upcoming year, is how blind and visually impaired people are going to utilize um, artificial reality and augmented reality. Uh, So much of that, when you read it in the media, is visual. But there's a lot more talk now of audio coming into that. So I can see myself being able to uh, put on a headset and do a number of useful things. Uh, One of the things blind people have to learn is mobility, right? And there's not enough O&M instructors out there to give much in the way of hands-on training. And a lot of mobility is listening to traffic. Now, imagine you can put on a headset and make that decision whether or not it's safe to cross. Mm -hmm. And you can turn your head left and right and hear whether the traffic's coming from your left or from your right. Uh, And all those kind of things. You can practice O&M consciousness, if you will, sitting in a chair. You don't, you know, and it will be canned in that fashion. also, again, in, in keeping with that, um, people have desires to have one voice versus another in their synthesized speech and that kind of thing. I have a friend who now works for a company that takes your voice print and generates your own text-to-speech voice. But more than just having your own self to talk to, uh, you're also going to be able to purchase 
Read um, out loud. A voice. <laughs> You're going to get to purchase a voice. Uh, many thousands of voices in that fashion. Again, you know, wow. that, that kind of stuff excites me, and I think it is going to do some pretty amazing things going forward. AI is everything right now. Just yep. so much of that. Paul? Yes. I think I have never been so astounded because I've talked to friends of mine who work not only in the industry, but they, they're working behind the scenes and doing things. And I mentioned inclusion before, and that plays a part in this as well. If you're blind, if you're deaf, no matter what handicap you might have, um, there are things now that are going to be available to us because we're all included in the big picture whether it has to do with technology and, and, and the A-Lady in your home or, or whatever else in terms of being able to do things that even five years ago we never thought would ever be possible. And I, you know, and now I'm, I'm, I didn't think I would see most of this. I figured this was going to be years off. I'll be 68 in January and I thought five years ago I'll never see this. And I'm wondering now if maybe in the next five years I'll see a lot of stuff I didn't expect to see. I think this exactly. is just an incredible time to it's, be living. It's the acceleration of change uh, where they're able to just take things that weren't expected to work together and find a way to make them work together and be better than the sum of their parts, so to speak. Lots Larry, do you have some specific examples line. for us of, no, of things that they, you find exciting? Oh, I thought you meant of stuff that I'd heard about. They'd, they'd have to kill me if sure. I were to tell you. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I'm, just, I'm not overly excited about, because it doesn't, right now it doesn't affect me. I'm not really that excited about driving a car. Uh, I've yeah. I, I've done that to some degree with, with certain provisos. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I went in between cars up to a cul-de-sac, went into a driveway. I had no problems doing it. And the lady said, my gosh, you trust. I said, I have to. I have no choice. She uh -huh. said, my kids don't trust me. And I said, yeah, but they can see. I can't. I don't have a choice. <laughs> but but I, I, just the overall thing in terms of stuff that we're able to do now with some help, uh, we'll be able to do in five years. I don't have a specific examples. But I mean, we're going to be included in more things. And we're going to be able to do more things because the technology will allow that to happen. That's what's exciting for me. Yep. Mr. Rick? Any thoughts? Nope. New technologies? Miss Marianne? No, I don't have any thoughts on new technologies. Well, so I'm going to talk about three or four things. <laughs> 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 I think um, uh, one of the developments that I find fascinating is blind people have settled for what what is a new norm and that is they have settled for what amounts to the hybrid braille display it used to be that there was um that that there were braille displays that could essentially do virtually nothing um that is you could connect them to a computer or you could connect them to um to something else and and they would operate they you could you could use a <clears throat> a parallel or a serial port and and get connected nowadays um 
the vast majority of the devices I think that are selling the most are, are what I described as hybrid devices. This means that they aren't fully note takers, but they are so also aren't simply braille displays. And I'm thinking in particular um, about um, the the two e-readers that are on the market, which which actually ha- allow you. Um, using your Wi-Fi system to connect to NLS. And there are uh, a couple of companies that, that have <clears throat> released Braille displays that, that enable you to do a number of things. So you can get Newsline and you can get Bookshare and uh, you, can, you can take notes, but you can't do email. You can't actually surf the web with these devices. So they're not full-fledged computers. <clears throat> But I think what's exciting about those things is that they've actually brought the cost of these devices down. So I think a lot mm-hmm. more people are actually acquiring them because they're, they are significantly less expensive um, than Braille displays used to be. And that's, that's one of the, the, the huge changes that's occurring. <clears throat> and really, it's been going on for the last three or four years. And that is the, the, the amazing decrease in the cost of of devices um i think that the second thing that's emerged this year is there's actually some competition um and some interest in the creation of braille keyboards for um iphones and android phones um there are now there are now at least two um, Braille keyboards that are on the market that are that are very different one from the other one from Orbit and and one a Dutch device uh, called the Hable One and and both of them do very credible and very different jobs of um, of creating a keyboard that enables you to fully operate your your iPhone or your Android phone with the phone in the pocket and so all you have to have is this little keyboard in your hand. And I, I think that's that's a pretty exciting new development. Those those technologies are are now emerging. And the the, the I guess the last device that I'd point to as as new is the, the fact that Humanware has now re- released a new GPS device. Um, I have not had an opportunity to play with it, um, but I but I think that from from what I can tell. Um, it is again a hybrid device in that it not only is a GPS device, but it is also a scanning device. So instead of instead of simply um, in, instead of simply releasing a GPS device, which is what they had before, they have combined GPS and scanning so that you can, in effect, um, have have access to information about getting around in a in a much more meaningful way and i think that's that's kind of exciting just how good these devices turn out to be is intriguing but i think we're all benefiting from uh and and this goes back to what larry and and brian were saying i think we're all benefiting from what's happening in 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 the larger gps market so what what we're peering to hear now is that 
any of the GPS systems that, that we're likely to use, whether it's uh, an, an app that we download for our phones or, or our, uh, our note takers or our computers, or whether it's a, a GPS app such as the one that HumanWare sells, um, we're getting accuracy essentially to within six feet if we've got a good satellite signal. And and I, and I think that's a good deal different from what we had, say, three to five years ago. Um, and and there are some components on the horizon that are going to make that even more accurate. I think. So, those are some of the things that that I think. Anybody want to comment on any on on any of those developments, or based on what I've said, have anything else to add, Brian? No. Yeah. Well, when it comes to tactile things, there are several <coughs> things going forward one is i so much loved seeing the graffiti yes by orbit it was mind-blowing just to me just mind-blowing um unfortunately that many pins drives the price way out of my mm-hmm. capability of owning one individually uh, aph is very close to uh working out how to uh, monetize their relationships with a couple of companies to create one that not only is capable of raised graphics, uh, but also capable of mixing raised graphics with Braille characters. So that it's not just a graphic, it's a graphic that is labeled in Braille. It Mm -hmm. sees, for, for example, the print labels captures them and renders them in braille that's that's really cool but it can't it's only cool for the for the very few who have access to it and only for two groups of people at some point how much technology that blind people use do you suppose has been purchased by rehabilitation or by education uh, or I think I think an awful lot. Yeah, I, w- I would say sure. in excess of eighty percent uh, done that way. But, but I th- when it comes but I to think blind can... people, yep. The reason we buy things is there's a, a financial threshold. You know, the average blind person does not make enough money to buy something that costs ten thousand dollars. Right. As an adaptive thing. They just don't got the box. And not only do they not have the box, they don't have the system to learn to use it well. So I agree with you, Paul. One of the great things of this year is the cost of refreshable Braille has gone down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And being sold at a lesser price than these same companies who said it just couldn't be done. It was, you know, too intense of labor, et cetera, et cetera. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yes, Uh, I I find that really, really curious. So one, I like that (laughs) idea of the refreshable graphics display. Mm -hmm. But I also am excited about this little thing called the 3D printer. And what it is capable of doing and for what a price. I promised myself this year I'm going to buy one. And the goal is to be able to want to know what something looks like. 
grab that from a catalog of 3D images and be able to produce it so I can feel it, see what it looks like. Uh, if I'm interested in, um, oh, I don't know, the what the new, uh, what the what they call it, the Freedom Towers in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, I don't know what that building looks like. It's supposed to be hugely impressive, but I haven't been able to get my hands on a figurine of it mm -hmm. to better understand it, that kind of thing. 3D printing is going to, already has, dramatically changed a number of things. I've been asked to participate in a study of using 3D printing to generate uh, what I'll call disposable braille. You know, you get a magazine, it's printed in 3D printing, uh, you read the braille, terrific, fine, but it can be produced so much more rapidly uh, on a, you know, an industrial size 3D printer. So I think 3D printing is, you know, it's already huge, but it's growing in leaps and bounds. Paul, I, yes, do, have I do have something yep. to add. Ta -da. A, a different perspective. What I'm excited about is the quantity and quality of apps that are coming out that replace some of the really expensive devices, for instance. Yeah. Um, and I won't name names, but there are like some scanning devices or some reading devices that don't work as quickly um, and as effectively as some of the apps like um, Seeing AI and Voice Dream Scanner and, and those kinds of things. And those apps are inexpensive, if not free. And some of those other devices are between, you know, two and $5,000. So I think I'm really excited about what, um, for, for our um, community, the choices that we have that we can make in terms of apps um, that do some of the things that those expensive devices do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I, I guess the, the the only negative thing that I would say is uh, about technology is the same thing that I've said the last three or four years. There are there are huge numbers of changes and huge numbers of exciting things that have happened, um, but I think there is a huge barrier. Um, for people who are blind to get involved with these devices, and, and that has to do with training. Now, I think our community calls on ACB have begun to make um, some inroads into that, and I think we're doing a little bit more in ACB to make that possible. But I still think we've got to somehow get on the bandwagon and create more training for um, to enable people to use the technology that's out there that could significantly change their lives, um, and to and and to be sure they know about you know really simple, relatively low tech devices. For instance, there is a there is a really cool little stand that you can acquire. In fact, there are two or three different models um, that you can put your iPhone on that automatically puts it at exactly the right height for doing scanning. Um, and, and you can get these devices for under 50 bucks. So they're kind of great stock, stocking stuffers. And some of them um, actually fold up so they just fit quite nicely into your little bag. So they're, so they're very cool. But so many blind people don't know about those things. And even if they did, 
um, wouldn't know how to use them. You can buy little tiny remote controls that will work with iPhones and with um, with Android phones um, that would enable you to um, to 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 put that scanner into position and then have a little device in your hand that you'd use to actually do the scanning. But again, ten bucks for the devices, um, but we don't know about them. There's lots of devices like that, and. Uh... I'm going to hark back to the 3D printer. Mm -hmm. A good friend of ours, Judy Dixon, was dissatisfied with uh, access to liquid measuring cups. They're really, at least I've not been able to find anything close to being an accessible liquid measuring cup. So when you want to uh, measure out a cup of oil, uh, the likelihood that you're going to get a cup um, without a mess is pretty low. But if you were doing a liquid measuring cup, a sighted person doesn't fill it up to the brim. They fill it up to the line. But there is no such critter. Mm -hmm. So Judy, rather than complaining about it, invented it and got a friend to create one for her with a 3D printer. And I'm lucky enough to have one of the prototypes and it's a game changer. It's a little thing. It's an accessible liquid measuring cup. But there's a lot of devices like that out there that blind and visually impaired people could use if, if one, they knew about them, and two, had a source for learning to use them well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who say they're a computer user that mm, they know how to use a computer for a particular task, or maybe two or three tasks, but they really aren't using the potential of that computer that's in front of them. Where did they get their training? They bought a book, or they uh, had a friend who showed them some things, and I'm all in favor of what I call the Charleston Mooch method. I'll show you something I know that you don't, and you can show me something uh, I don't know, but you do. Uh, so we swap information. That's much of what uh, uh, community is about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, members sharing with other members what they know and feeling comfortable to turn to others for things they don't know. Uh, again, I think there's an awful lot of simpler devices that could be made uh, if we could get the attention of people who are makers by nature. Uh, one notification. Only one notification? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am going to ask everybody a, a, a question um, because I, I, I always find it interesting to kind of measure the barometer of, of this particular issue. Every year we seem to go through periods where where folks say that um, the web and other things are changing quickly and are leaving blind people behind so that there is less and less um, accessibility um, to to the web year on year. Um, are, are, are we at a place where where we are moving forward in terms of web accessibility or moving backwards? So can I jump in a minute? 
Yeah. Yes. I think I'm holding still. <laughs> I look at all the things that people, that some people, some some folks are doing. Um, I look at things that I want to do, and I haven't gotten to them yet, figured them out. But I'm going to. But um, I'm kind of. I'm really observing and just saying, you know, I gotta wait until some of this stuff sorts itself out. Um, I'm still so, getting used to multiple platforms for sure. ACB gatherings. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Anyway, well, I, I, I fully, although I, um, I try not to live on the bleeding edge of technology. One. I can't afford to make a wrong decision because if I bought the wrong thing and I should have got the other thing, I'm not going to ever own that other thing because I've already shot my wad on, on this particular thing. The other is I don't ever use point, what I call point O versions of things. Uh, I wait till there's 1.1 or 1.2 before I, make the change because there's too many bugs in systems when they're brand new release. I do not choose to be a guinea pig. Uh, well, and everybody as says they research that. these things. Yeah. You know, wait okay. wait a while until they figure out what the glitches are that they didn't expect and then figure out what to do with them. Exactly. I, th- I think we're we as blind people are better off now and that's not to say it's perfect because it isn't than we were even just a few years ago. And in a large part that has to do with the number of people who are now more concerned who are corporate people or people who have blindness products for lack of a better word that they offer us. And when I, when I worked for Marriott for 21 years, a lot of this was my job was to make sure that the scripts that were written were were workable and doable for blind people who could then make reservations. So I was constantly on the website and I was, I was very shocked when I first started doing this at how many different things there were that needed to be accessible and eventually were addressed and became accessible and still how many more needed to be accessible that weren't. And, and it's said, it's an ever evolving circumstance because the more they fix Technology moves ahead further, and then there's that much more that needs to be fixed as a result of that. But I think we're so far ahead of where we were because so many people are trying to get products that blind people can use because it's their it's their job to do that. Actually, you know, when you think of a sparrow and you you think of hymns and you think of so many of the others, that's what they do, and they want to make sure that there's as many of us who can enjoy them as possible but you know there's the downside of that too and that means somebody's got to check it for accessibility as well but i think we're going in the right direction we're just certainly not there yet and i don't know if we'll ever get there brian any thoughts are we are we ahead or behind i I think it's the constant two steps forward one step back kind of scenario on these things it comes a bit in waves um you know, we were doing pretty well when we were doing things um, on one web development platform, and then a new one comes out, and that one needs real work. So we tend to lag a little behind, 
Because it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Boy, I'm full of these statements tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you understand what I'm saying, you know. Uh, right now, I'd love to leave Twitter in the dust and go over to, what's that? Uh, Mastodon. Mastodon, mm -hmm. right? But it takes time to make the switch. It does. So I dragged my feet a little bit uh, on that. Plus, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm letting other people be on the bleeding edge, let them work out some of this stuff, and then I'll, I'll come on board. Thank you for doing that for me. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's those things. But also, um, even entities that should know better do not make accessibility a prove prove to me before the release that it's accessible or we right. will not release on that day, whatever right. it might be, uh, a website or whatever. And what happens is, is the goal to try to get it out there as soon as possible just overrides the goal of accessibility too often. Mm -hmm. So we end up going and trying to push things. I'm, uh, I've been working with the credit bureaus on accessibility, and they're doing a great deal better now than they did before. And I do believe they get it now, but the people who get it now are not going to be working for that company three years from now. There's a lot of turnover in the world of technology development. Um, and some things that we were planning on taking advantage of simply are being swept off the table because things are leaner and meaner. Now, uh, I listened to um, Peter Korn and uh, Josh Mealy the other day yes. uh, on a presentation, and they mentioned a couple of things, which uh, the next day, I read uh, a piece in the Wall Street Journal uh, and a couple of other things that said that if you take a look at who is being laid off at Amazon, you don't have to worry about your uh, A-lady being taken off there. You know, they say that when you buy any Amazon A-lady product, they're selling it to you at a loss, anticipating that um, you're going to buy into the other things. Mm -hmm. If you've been using your A-Lady to listen to music, for example, you might have noticed that when you ask for music by a given artist, they no longer give you a list or give you all music by that artist, but by that artist and others similar. Not a pure list of right. what's sung by ABBA or whatever. So why is that? Because they want you to buy Amazon Music Plus. Uh, so they're downgrading the free stuff in order to press you toward... Mm -hmm. Hold on a second. Echo, stop. Pardon me. <laughs> what are you back there? Uh, Amazon, stop. Thank you. <laughs> that, playing music that was in the, the best background. question of the Thank night. You. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so... For, I'm glad you don't talk to me that way. <laughs> oh my God! Don't even get <laughs> so, me started. So, Just kidding. <laughs> so I, I really do believe 
for example, that there's things we were hoping on that are being taken off the table because Amazon's having to, um, I should say having to, they're choosing to put their dollar on one thing versus another. And they're doing that by downsizing certain aspects. <sighs> I'm going so to have should, to say something other than Amazon. So should should <laughs> we be should we be concerned that um, it appears, at least from from some of the messages that we've received about Twitter, um, that all of the accessibility staff of that company have been let go? Um, I don't want to use the word all, but I would say nearly all. Yeah. Nearly yeah. all. That is not the case with Amazon or Microsoft or Google, yep. for that matter. The, those guys have, have big enough, can just go away, uh, big enough um, coffers that they can take losses longer with a longer term goal. But we know what's been happening with Twitter and they're not the only company that's um, having to make some pretty serious decisions on where they're going. One that's of the true. words I find interesting um, is I mentioned that I wanted a smart house that would anticipate what I need done simply because I've got that pattern. You know, when I get up at 7 a.m., yeah. I want the lights to turn on. Uh, when I go to bed at night, yeah, I want the lights to go off. And I shouldn't have to say turn on the lights or turn off the lights. It should know that I've just entered the bedroom and uh, that my heart monitor indicates that I've gone horizontal and turn off the lights. You know? mm -hmm. it, but Amazon just announced a whole bunch of layoffs in that department that was talking about the independent smart home. So don't count on that anytime soon. They were doing the most. The same thing goes for the meta universe kind of thing, right? We thought that uh, Facebook and um, I'm terrible at, at big shot names. Uh, anyway, that they were going to make this whole experience uh, a online universe that you could deal with and play with and en enjoy and have alternate egos and all that kind of stuff. But uh, they spent a lot of money and didn't come across the finishing line. And Zuckerberg, that's his name, right? Zuckerberg admits that he put too many dollars in that particular pot. And now they're having to back off mightily uh, from that whole scenario. So we're going to see some things that are a little bit more flash in the pan uh, as a number of things get leaner. How much are you willing to spend, Paul, to fly? Um, if the price doubled, would you still be flying? I don't know. Um, I think there is a there there is a price point above which I probably wouldn't. Um, 
clearly now um, the price point that that is is available for flying for the most part is a good deal is a good deal higher than it was. Um, you know, it used to be that if you if you bought airline tickets well in advance, um, you you could in fact get those tickets pretty cheaply. Um, especially if you looked at the right airlines and were prepared to do due diligence. Um, but nowadays, there isn't nearly as much difference um, in the prices across airlines as there used to be. Um, and, the, and, and the prices have probably, since the pandemic began, doubled. Yep, pretty close, pretty close. You know, when we talk about changes... Uh, that technology and, uh, for that matter, just time has wrought. Do you remember when you used to use a travel agent? I do. And, do you, and, and I still like using travel agents. I would much prefer to use a travel agent than, than doing reservations the way I'm doing them now. And what percentage of people do you think are using travel agents? Oh, 2%, 1%. Dramatically lower than it used to be. Oh yeah, dramatically lower. It's very hard uh, to find them, Brian. I mean, yes, they, they not, almost don't exist. And the nature. Well, and I just went to the grocery store, and coming out of the grocery store, I had my choice of going through a checker line or self-checking. Uh huh. Things shifting from humans to machines. Well, and in a now, lot of stores I've now, it the last five times I went yeah. through, and there is no difference in how long it takes to get out of the store. Mm-hmm. I oh, have yeah. self check. I've not found accessibility really worthwhile, at least at Albertsons, with self checking. Well, certainly, it's not accessible, not nearly as accessible as it should be. No, but no. I'm more concerned about this um, this impression that somehow or other you're getting on with it as you're going out by doing self-checkout. You aren't, but you're being kept busy rather than waiting in a line. You're busy scanning and swiping and all the bagging and all those kinds of things, right? To go through a self-checkout. But people are doing it and employers are using it. Why? Why? Because... It's less expensive. It's simply less expensive overall for them to do that rather than hire a checker and go through all the HR involved in having an employee. Uh, To some degree, that can be better for a blind or visually impaired person that um, once they become more accessible, you're going to be able to do different kinds of things. For example, well, when I go grocery shopping, I take my last shopping list and amend it. Mm-hmm. Don't doubt that that makes my life easier when going sure. grocery shopping. Sure it does. I, I also literally can take Uber to the grocery store, and the grocery store will come out to the car with all the groceries I ordered and put them in the Uber with me and drive mm-hmm. back home. Yes. That wasn't possible before. You had to be nice to people in order yeah. to get a bagger who doesn't know a rutabaga from a cucumber 
<laughs> to help you do your grocery shopping. Not well, at all necessary. Yeah, I go. But I still there's go. There's a price to pay for yeah. those things, and I still go because I don't trust them to. I make. I make. The, I touch everything before it goes in the bag, and mm -hmm. I have them describe Absolutely. it to me. Absolutely, I would never not do that because then you get surprised when you get home and you get unhappy too. It's like having twenty Alexas and trying to figure out which one spoke to you. But, you know, but there, there's some similarities. There. <laughs> but, but I do not buy produce in this way. I do right. not trust anybody's idea of produce, but my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are some areas where technology is going backwards. For those of us who are blind, um, the 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 rise of kiosks in all sorts of bizarre yeah. places. Um, many of us can't get drinks in a lot of fast food places. Um, it's, it's simply not possible. Um, there were, there were two systems in the hotel we stayed at this summer for our convention, our ACB convention that were absolutely inaccessible ways of acquiring food. Um, and, and I, and I think that's becoming more and more common. Um, it, it, there is an expectation now in airports that that you will have um, programmed your your iPhone so that it's downloaded the app for your airline and that you've gotten your boarding pass available on your iPhone so that they don't have to give you a paper one. Um, there is an expectation in airports that the majority of people will check in using kiosks and 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 not using people who are standing behind the counter. Yes. Um, well, we and, saw that with banking, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Access yep. to a teller because they put an ATM in the lobby. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary stuff. It, it's it's really very different. We're yeah. having to adapt differently because of this. I agree with yeah. you, Larry. Things are better now than they used to be. And I don't use Quest. But for every, like I say, two steps okay. forward, one step back. I don't mm -hmm. use Quest Diagnostics. I used to, and this is when they had people in the lobby, but now they don't. And, of course, there's a big suit over that, and there's a big trial, etc. But the same thing's happening there. If they don't have to pay somebody to stand there to check in and have it done by kiosk, that's what they're going to do, even though they are largely not accessible for blind people currently. Well, if, if, you, if you figure out which way stuff needs to go in there, you can almost do it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, but, it, but, but it's not good. And, and I have found that when when i have gone in there and and um by myself i can go up to the counter and they'll check me in yep yeah i have too they see the cane and they and have my a health <laughs> yeah my health they have one of those uh bellhop bells mm -hmm. so you're supposed to sign in but if you're having trouble mm -hmm. bang the bell yeah and mm -hmm. the phlebotomist comes out to uh <laughs> sign me in <laughs> scary stuff it is yeah. it is so the the other there are two other issues i wanted to try to get to tonight let's see if we do um one of them is um what kind of a year has it been for acb good bad indifferent uh are there exciting things and concerning things that people would like to point out i think it's overall it's been a great year i mean 
Mm-hmm. Especially, if you, I think probably not only for ACB Media, but I, then I, got, I I would say that, but it's very true. We're, we've been able to do some things that I never thought would be as successful as they are, and certainly the auction bore that out. That was amazing. <laughs> right. yes. What a surprise, how cool that was. Mm-hmm. But from a voting standpoint, I mean, it's been something that ACB's been striving for, for for a very long time, and we actually got to see it in a hybrid situation that voting actually worked mm-hmm. very, very well for just about everybody. It did. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. did. Other other good I'm missing things. The voting task force meeting right this moment. Mm-hmm. I got oh, to, I'm sorry, to do it on right. something other than Tuesday nights. Well, <laughs> I'd like to jump in for a minute. Sure, go. Um, thank you, and I think the whole community effort uh, of community calls on various topics has been phenomenal. I think they've done a remarkable job. When I hear a program start and I hear Chanel giving her ACB thingy about mm-hmm. here are a few tips, I just chuckle. I hope she doesn't say that in her sleep, even though it's a recording, I know. But And then I think about the fact that you have a host, you have a moderator or a facilitator, you have somebody who she screen shares And then you have somebody who bails you all out if everything gets stuck. And then you have multiple platforms that allow people their choice of of options about getting in there. I just think it's incredibly useful and very nicely done. Very good. Yeah. And they're they're outreaching to other um, disability groups. I think that's huge. Um, I will do anything Very I good. can to help that happen. Anyway, that's it. Thank you. No, that's good. Um, I think ACB is more financially sound now than it has been in a long, long time. Uh, I haven't heard anything about layoffs or or <clears throat> furloughs or downsizing uh, much of anything that we do. It doesn't mean they've been fiscally uh, you know, spending more than they bring in, although they've had budgets that are in the red. Um, but somehow or other, by the end of the year, they pull it off pretty close. Um, so financially, I think they're doing well. I think that they've grown the staff appropriately. Um, I guess the only place that I'd like to see them doing more is on uh, membership retention. Mm. But that's been my complaint for 40 years. So nothing new there. I think, uh, again, getting this bill introduced is all ACB. I mean, that that is so, so important uh, that we get involved in making future things internet, if you will, uh, fully accessible by law rather than by uh, accident. That's, I'm not so concerned about getting it started. I am concerned about keeping it going. Um, 
how much do you think a company should spend to interact with the consumers to maintain accessibility once something's achieved accessibility? Uh, a major uh, company just yeah. agreed to pay $10,000 a year for that purpose. You know, a company that is bringing in a billion a year in profit. Uh, so, 10000 know. doesn't seem like very much, does it? No. Well, not. Well, it's, it's like almost everything out there, isn't it? That um, when you see, do, does anybody here ever watch? Shark Tank? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I find it fantastic. The f one of the things when they start getting into numbers is, well, what's your profit margin? Well, I bring it in from China for 14 cents, and I sell it for 14.95. And they're all, ooh, ah, isn't that wonderful? No, 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 no. Uh, so <laughs> when I take a look at many many things out there uh you know i i wonder whether or not our sense of value is a little skewed well, i i think it i think it probably is um other other thoughts about good bad things about acb any 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 concerns about the direction that acb is going So uh, I I certainly agree with the, the the stuff that everybody has said about the about the good things that are going on with ACB, um, and 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 certainly uh, certainly Jane's discussion of the community calls that are out there is is very important. I think they've they've made a huge difference for a huge number of people, um, and and I think it's it's one of the very few unequivocal positives that we can take out of uh, the COVID pandemic. Um, it completely reoriented the, the way that ACB perceives itself and the way that ACB operates. And it's to ACB's credit that that happened. Um, I think if, if, there are, uh, if there are concerns that I have, I'd kind of echo what what Brian says, I think that that we need to make it a priority um, to develop and advance um, ACB's membership. Not because I care so much that um, how many members we have. That isn't that isn't where I'm coming from. I don't know if it's where Brian is coming from, but where I'm coming from is. It is extremely difficult to retain people in today's environment, particularly for for nonprofit organizations, and I suspect even more for for nonprofit organizations that are membership oriented. That is where, in in order to remain a member, um, you have to join and you have to retain your membership. The point the, the point that I'm making is that I want people to be involved in ACB so that they can participate in making things better for blind people around the country. Not so much because I care about whether we're the largest organization of blind people in the country or not. Frankly, I don't 
think that it matters. Um, but I do think it matters that we somehow find ways of of doing two things with membership. One of them is is finding ways to, to make it advantageous for folks to, to perceive that they want to be members. But perhaps more importantly, it, it, it is that ACB recognize that there is a need to develop and implement a set of values um, that make it important to retain and grow both our state and our special interest affiliates. So, Paul, but, what do you think those values in a phrase would be? Like, I'm thinking of the engagement, um, some of the other words that I associate with membership um, conversations now. What are some of the key words that would emphasize what's missing or what, um, you know, longevity? I don't know. What, what, what would some of those be? Well, I think, I think the most important thing is is engagement with both groups. Um, you know, we have the the friendly circle or the or, or the circle for special interest affiliates, but you know, a, a lot of us who've been in ACP for a long time have have recognized that that there is a need to 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 develop balances and to constantly work towards um, towards creating and assuring dialogue um be, between the various entities of of acb um and 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 i'm not sure that we're still at the place where we're getting enough of that um brian were uh, you trying to say something? no i was okay. uh, uh, um hold on jane go ahead Larry. i will i i'm i think you may go further than that because i have been a part of a lot of membership driven organizations and it used to be that we would all join and a lot of it had to do with the way we grew up, the values that were instilled. And then the reason people were saying, oh, well, the younger people today don't join organizations. They're not joiners anymore. Mm -hmm. And my, I never understood that. So maybe it's a concept that it's what's in it for me rather than what can I do to give back to an organization. And, and so it's conceptual. And I don't know how you bring that back so that the person is actually interested in it because he loves, he or she loves the organization rather than what do I get out of it? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's at the core of things, I yep, think. I do you know, too. I'm, I was a lion for a while. Okay. And it was supposed, it's listed as a service club. But. Of the people in my club, uh, their original coming in, especially the ones that were there longer, was it was a opportunity for uh, them to interact with other businesses. They talked mm-hmm. as much about what was going on at the bank they worked at or the uh, retailer they worked at or whatever than they did about Lions service projects. Uh, so I think that that is no longer where people make those connections. I think younger people have a rougher time these days making anything like a personal connection and, and being a member of a membership organization uh, is tough for them to find the time even to do it. A young parent 
how they find the hours in the day to do what they're called upon to do, I, I just can't imagine. Um, and at the same time, I say, you know, like you said, you know, this whole struggle between what's in it for me versus what I can do to pay back or pay forward the community that has made my life better than it would have otherwise been. So guide dog schools, you know, good old Morris Frank. Um, he went through a lot worse things than I've done as a guide dog user. Uh, and I've benefited from it. Uh, and the same thing's true for special education and rehabilitation and veteran services and the list goes on and on like that. Uh, but it's part of it is, I think, well, how ACB can deal with this, because it's a reality. It's a reality out there. And I agree with you, Paul. The first thing is for ACB to remember that it's only as healthy as its affiliates. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, go ahead, Jane. So I want to circle back to the place of what has so far been called a town hall meeting. Now I thought mm -hmm. I thought the other day was was fine, but I would love a town hall meeting in which two affiliates talked back and forth about what they're doing, how they're doing it. And then the next time two more affiliates did that. Um, just now that's having, an interesting idea. You know, yeah. a free for all sort of. Yeah. I mean, we can we can do that with Tuesday topics too. I mean, there's there's yes. absolutely no reason why we can't. That's a but, great idea. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think that um I I think that I'd like to at least explore a little bit more Brian's uh, and and I guess to some degree Jane's notion that that younger people find it more difficult um and and do, I guess my question is uh, it it may be another thing we should put on our on our list for ACB leadership do we know how to sell ACB to younger people I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I know how. Well, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and she just playing up, and I'm going to say it just like she said it. I just get pissed off when people say, I need to do this because I'm blind, which tells me that a lot of people probably do not have any sense of the power of the disability activist movement, you know, in that if you if you come together and you pull together and you say, this is what we live with, how we are alike, how we are different, and how we can all make make it better for everybody. There have to be those conversations. And so the other day when I was talking to her, we talked about that. I said, you know, I remember growing up and this and this and this happened. And and the ways my parents thought for me to be independent was, quote, I don't want you to end up in a closed workshop. You know, that was what motivated them. But I said, what motivates me is that I want people who can't see to be able to walk in the world, work in the world, play in the world, communicate in the world. That matters to me. And and um, so ACB 
makes a huge difference to me because it creates opportunities. It's working to create more opportunities. But it is hard to get younger people in. And we have to remember that that our parents grew up with certain things pressuring them. We grew up with other things pressuring us. And now our kids, they're, they're their own individuals. So uh, maybe I've gone on a tirade here. But no, no, you're, you're doing terrific. <laughs> I, I have no. a young man who ran for treasurer of my affiliate, a guy 25, 27 in that mm-hmm. age range. And when we were transferring the books from the old treasurer to the new treasurer, uh, he asked at the lunch that uh, we did after we were done with our banking, uh, he said, so why are you guys with the president, myself as the past president, the past treasurer who can identify themselves or not, and uh, our new treasurer, uh, the three of us are in our 60s, and he was 27. And he, he quite honestly was puzzled. Why did we invest all this of our personal time in this organization? Um, and he said, well, you know, if I have a choice of going to a meeting or staying at home with my girlfriend and watching a movie, why would I go to the meeting? <laughs> now, how do you explain that? Now, I find it funny that he came to our fall conference um, where he didn't have a responsibility other than just as a rank and file member with his visually impaired girlfriend Uh, (laughs) and by the time it was over uh he and her are going to come to my home for dinner one evening Mm -hmm. uh, because she wants to be more socially engaged Mm -hmm. so surprise boyfriend uh so you know there's that social part that is so vital to all of this and i know some of it happens be my community uh but that, that, that's still at arm's length. You shouldn't have to say what's in it for me. Uh, I can point out five things that weren't true uh, about 10 years ago that are true now, and you take for granted, young person. At the same time, you want the world to be more automatically accessible into the future. That's not just going to happen because you want it. You've got to work for that to happen, or it isn't going to happen. That that would be my argument why they should care. But I also acknowledge that this guy commutes an hour and a half each way to work by public transportation because the only home he could afford to buy was that far away from where he works. So a lot of his days taken up by just modern life. Yeah, no question, no question. But uh, and I guess I, I guess I don't think I don't think any of us know all the answers. But I think we recognize that there are questions that that ACB probably needs to um, concern themselves over. So blind people in general, kind of last question: um, was was it a good year for blind people? Bad year for blind people? Thoughts? 
I think it was a generally a good year. I mean, despite the fact that many, many, many of us got COVID, put mm-hmm. that aside. You know, it was something we all got, and for the most part, we all fought through it, mm-hmm. with, with some exceptions. Obviously, people with other concerns had some issues, but but generally, we mm-hmm. came out on the other side, and hopefully better for it. I think, I, I'm an optimist, so I, I like to think, for the most part, that that everything will work out positively for the in the end and then most years are better than they were in past years um, so i thought overall with the amount of things that happened as far with regard to technology with regard to the voting with regard to the convention the chance we got to see each other after three years mm-hmm. i mean i think there were many more positives and negatives other thoughts i agree with larry 100 percent. i also am an optimist now, I think that by the end of this year, I will be a more educated optimist and therefore <laughs> be a bit more of a realist uh, in some areas. I have to allow things to be imperfect, but better than they were. Uh, oh, I like that. Right. Yeah. If I have any kind of uh, New Year's resolution, that would be it. So I think that, that there there are a couple of things I've been thinking about with regard to to, to this year and and blindness. Um, I, I I continue to think that that the blindness system is is changing very rapidly in ways that I'm not sure that I completely understand, and that means I'm I'm not just talking about ACP that I I sort of understand, um, but I think that. Whereas there was a hierarchy of organizations, say 10, 15 years ago, and everybody kind of knew who who the leaders were and um, where they were coming from, I'm not sure that that as time goes on, we're we're nearly as certain about that. Um, AFB has uh, is once more at a at a place where um, it's seeking, and unless they found one, I don't think so yet, though. But they're now seeking a new executive director. And it will be interesting to see whether that executive director continues to move in the direction that their current executive director has, because he has fundamentally altered the way that AFB operates as, a, as an organization of and for the blind. Um, I think that um, NIB has gone in some intriguing new directions not only uh, by the leadership training program that they're operating, as, by the way, AFB is as well, but also um, based on the fact that they have created a program that is actually looking at unsubsidized employment as, as a goal that they're, that they're working through, through in a project that, that is... Uh, available for folks to look at at a, at a, at a website called msite.org. That's M as in Mike, S-I-T-E.org. And, and I would encourage people to take a look at it because it's an, it's, it's an interesting spot. Uh, what think, were those first initials? NIB? Yes, National Industries for the Blind. Oh. Okay. You talked about uh, workshops. They were the core of that whole system. Right. Uh, in this nation for quite a while, but they've uh, morphed or or changed and updated themselves fairly dramatically uh, in recent years. 
Mm-hmm. And and I guess the, the the last thing that I would say is that there there I think is is much more interactivity at the top and and much less of a clear notion of who the uh, of who the top dog is um, in organizations of and for blind people and and what that has actually meant I think um, though I'm not in a leadership position so I'm making assumptions but I think it's led to um, to more interaction and more scheduled consultation than we've ever had in the past. And I think that's a hugely good development. So and anybody have any thoughts on those things or do it or do they, do they agree with, with the perspective that I'm providing or. Well, I, I don't disagree right with back. that connection. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're going right back to the need for engagement as as a trust building concept and practice. Yep. Yep. So um, we we we've had an opportunity to to, to talk about uh, a number of things. There there are bunches of things that we haven't talked about and probably won't talk about. What was the best movie of the year? What are the trends in terms of music? Um, what do we think about? Uh, what what do we what do we think about the 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 television that's been on this year? Um, to what to what degree have uh, have there been developments that have fundamentally altered some of that? You know, I would I would suggest that one of the things we can point to this year is the the relatively rapid growth of uh, people, even people who are blind and have low vision, um, cutting the cord from traditional cable or or satellite companies. But that's a direct result, frankly, of, of one of the more amazing technological developments that's occurred over the past two or three years which is the huge range of off-the-shelf, inexpensive television sets that have made an effort to become accessible and actually have built into them uh, either, either access to the A-Lady, well, in fact, often access to the A-Lady and, um, just as important, um, access to speech that it, that enables uh, the television screen to at least to a degree be read, um, and that's a huge development in terms of in in terms of creating options in in my mind anyway with regard with regard to to accessing entertainment. I rank that up there with the iPhone and yeah. and 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 yep. even the Android phones. I think that is just huge. Yep. 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 I do too. Um, and and uh, but again, <clears throat> I I would love to see um, that as another area um, that either either the companies that make these devices, which is not likely to happen, or uh, or some of the companies that 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 um, that that sell subscriptions to them, like Comcast, for example, 
I would love to see them do more interactive training for how these devices work so that they could increase the ability of folks who want to use them to use them more effectively and, and efficiently. Um, because, because I think there, there are loads of ways that they can be more easily and more effectively used. Um, but, but most blind people simply don't know how to do it. No, there's definitely a divide of them that do know and them that don't. Yep. Yep. And I understand that all the, those companies are having the same problem with, uh, the non-visually impaired consumers. Sure. The old day of the VCR. How many of those buttons did people actually ever do? Mm -hmm. It was play, pause, rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much that's it, right? Uh Uh, So the fact that I have what uh, industry calls button bloat, that's when you have too many buttons on a remote Mm -hmm. to ever comfortably use more than a tenth of them. Yeah. So they're trying to come up with devices that uh, even a bozo like me can do. My sister, when she gives a voice command to the A-lady, she parses the information so much differently than I do. I say, turn off living room lamps. She says, turn off the lights in the living room, I mean lamps. And it still gets it. Again, making these things so you have to know less uh, to interact with them rather than you having to get more training to interact with them well. Uh, I, think, I think that's really a big part of where things need to go. Uh, you know, back in the days of the early screen readers, we, mm-hmm. they, the, the world of computing would come out with uh, an operating system. And then the screen reading companies would rapidly try to come up with some way to make that accessible. But by the time they made that accessible, there was a new operating system and they'd adapt to that. So, but the window between major changes from one to the next is happening so rapidly that you can't, by the time accessibility is achieved, it's lost again. And it's, it's back to the drawing board for things so i i honestly do think that we as blind consumers have it better off in terms of virtually every aspect of being a blind person but you know they say the lord giveth and the lord taketh away so we have to both protect our accessibility and we have to be flexible enough to change as rapidly as the world around us. Got to build in that lifelong learning if you're going to uh, deal with the rapidity of change. Yep. So 2022, we've, we've explored it. We've left loads of questions that we haven't answered. And I hope that all of you guys who are listening to this program or who are or or who are hanging out with us during our podcast, we'll spend some time thinking about these things yourself. Only when we reflect on where we are, look at where we've been, and explore where we might go next, are we likely to be able to have a good notion of how we can improve things. 
So I would encourage everybody to spend some time thinking about where you are personally, but also about the blindness system, ACB, and life in general, because they're all relevant. Next week, we'll probably spend some time um, looking at what we want for next year. So uh, while I'm not absolutely certain and may change my mind, check out my write-up and see. And in the meantime, good night.